Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Check out the Weedsman Podcast, Tuesdays and Fridays on iTunes and ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Oh, all right. Uh, so should you yeah. play this uh, video for him that way he gets an idea of what we're talking about? It's only like two oh, minutes long, if well, I let's, correctly. Let's start the show, and then we'll watch the video together. I I really don't want to give this asshole any more airtime, and he's, he's, he's got fucking millions Whatever. and millions of views, dude. So <laughs> Don't right. flatter yourself. Don't flatter the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not going to have any undue influence over the greater media. <laughs> Yet. Right. Yet. Yes. Yeah, okay, but positive thinking. Yet. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? You've really started to learn to use the intros as like rim shots. Yeah. <laughs> 122, 122. Welcome. Jesus. Chris. I'm Aaron. Rich. Jay is probably asleep by now. Or maybe he's claiming so, his bag. I hope he's out of the plane at least by this yeah. point. Who knows? Uh, yeah, uh, he'll be back uh, soon. I, I would like to say next week, but you never know. Bill's got to get paid. If you clicked on Amazon, you know, click through the banner, or you just gave to the PayPal, right. Jay could join us every week. Man, it just has to be making a lot of money to get Jay to quit his day job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? So donate yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> yes, we need a lot of money. Make every purchase through the Amazon banner, ChristopherMedia.net. Joe would be... Uh, J- Joe. Yeah, right. Who's Joe? Jay would be the last of us to quit his job out of all three of us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I really think so. It'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be a race to fucking tell our boss to suck our ass between no. fucking Aaron and I. I think Jay would be the first to like asphyxiate himself in the garage once he quit his job. He probably wouldn't know what to do with himself. That's what I'm it'd saying. Like me and you would be suicide. like, uh, we, it'd be like a cannonball run we just to go dark tell our right off the bat. Yeah, first, thing, yeah, he'd commit suicide. And then fucking quit. Chris would be like, "Well, I don't know." And then Jade'd be like, "I can't quit. I don't know what to do with myself. I can't podcast twenty four seven. You mean I got to sit home with my wife and kids? Shit. We just walked many right gaming, towards games the on Steam. If somebody said that they'd pay me a certain flat amount of money uh, to quit my job forever and never work again. I, yeah, my second question would be how much. I, <laughs> I, honestly, You've already agreed like, to quit. Now we need to crunch the numbers. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'd figure that out on the back end. I'm just like, yes, fine. For $1 a year. I mean, I know. that. I don't know. That's very Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny of You, but just saying. <laughs> feel, yes, we'll take the deal. What's the terms of the deal? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who, who's this person you guys are talking about? Who's oh, this name? YouTube What's this name on everybody's Amiri lips? Amiri King. Amari, whatever Amari? the fuck his name is. Amiri? Like my cat? The dead one? Amiri. Amiri. A- dead cat M-I-R-I or the lost cat? <laughs> the dead cat. Ex-con YouTube star goes on epic rant against cop blockers. Cop blockers? What's that? Is that what they call those mirrored shades? Well, okay. First of all, that's one take on it. Uh, I'm on this fool's Facebook page, and uh, okay, so let's see. Who is this guy? Do we know him from somewhere? Police have had enough shit to deal with. Put your keyboards away, you hardened criminals. Follow me if you have some self-respect. And then he goes on. I need context. I have no you idea. Need to, you, need to, you need to play it. You just need to play I'm it, I'm looking him up It's the one where he's wearing now. the green lucky shirt with the shamrock on it, making an ass out of my is, forefathers. Is it, I'm he, 
showing Aaron his Facebook page here so he gets a little context. I do have a little background on him. I don't know how accurate it is because it is came. from his lips, but he's so he's big on YouTube. He's big on YouTube. Apparently, he's a ex-con. He did okay somewhere between a couple of years to five years. Now he's a, now he's a, a aspiring comedian. What was he in and for? YouTube sensation? No idea. Yeah, he's never gone into that on any video I've seen so far. Fucking his dog. Well, five years. Couple years to five years. Yeah, probably, probably not. A, a well, he's wearing offense, a green shamrock sort. shirt in like half of these motherfuckers. Here, we'll click on. What, what is I was yeah, at an appearance uh, the other day for the Wounded Warrior Project, and I got my no, picture took with it. a couple of police officers. Oh, maybe it is. Well, there's this one. He's in the green shirt. <laughs> a lot of chicks yep. are still flipping out over like the, no, it the was video the I did, making fun of girls that work at Hooters and girls that strip. He just walks around and records himself with his phone. Yes, he walks in a circle, records himself. I was at an appearance the other day for the Wounded Warrior Project, and I got my picture took with a couple of police officers. Did, did you get it's it a back? Surprised that uh, there was a few people on my in the comments section that was like, "Fuck the police! The police ain't shit. All police officers can suck my dick." <laughs> what the fuck, really? Why so anti-police? There's so many better things that you could be against. I see you could be anti-pedophile. Anti-guy that breaks into houses and shit. Anti-pillhead breaking into your car and stealing all your fucking change. Anti-Luke Bryan. <laughs> but you want to be anti-police. And people keep posting these videos of people getting body slammed and getting hemmed up. And they're like, oh my god, police brutality. Oh my god, why is this happening? Bitch, that's not police brutality. That's resisting arrest. I'm pretty sure because you pushed the officer and you told him no like a hundred fucking times. You know what's funny? I'm an ex-con. I've been arrested literally like millions of fucking times. Figured I've never been stupid. shot. I've never been tased. I've never been maced. I've never even been tackled and thrown to the ground. When a cop says stop, I stop. If a cop says let me see your hands, guess what? I show my hands. If a cop says put your leg in, put your leg out, put your leg in, and shake it all about... Well, I'll be doing the hokey pokey then, won't I? I thought you said this guy it's was not a comedian. An ass kisser. It's just that I have a plethora of common sense. For all the crimes that I committed, I didn't blame the police. I didn't blame the judge. It was my fault. I held myself accountable. See, nowadays, somebody'll get busted breaking in a garage and get caught with a gram in their pocket. They fucking get hemmed up and they get arrested. Then all their friends are on Facebook like, "Free my boy, dip dizzy whistle." Free Dizzy Dizzy Whizzle. Free. What the, the fuck, fuck is he are talking you fucking about? serious? Free them? They're not Nelson Mandela, motherfucker. They're not a political prisoner seeking asylum in a foreign state. They shouldn't be jailed Free on drug them. charges. They stole my rims and a goddamn chainsaw. What? <laughs> Y'all are what's wrong with America. Believe me, it's not the police officers. He did say I it was part of, of a B&E. Oh, so I, I missed keep that my nose part. clean, change my life. Never got in trouble again. Never had a problem with a cop. Never even had two words with one. Believe me, when you decide to quit breaking the law, they'll leave you the fuck alone. <laughs> fuck the police. What a basic bitch statement to make. <laughs> You're not NWA, bitch, for real. You're G-A-Y. All right. Okay, and then he, so, his next video, because people responded to it. Oh, boy. They threw out the white privilege guy? at him. Please don't play the next video. He goes on to deny there's such a thing as white privilege, blah, blah, blah. 
Okay. Here's here's my thing. If you don't break the law, you won't have problems with the cops. Okay. So I'm assuming no one has ever been pulled over because you didn't you didn't break the law, but you looked suspicious to a cop and right. he found an excuse to pull you over. Right. I remember driving around in a big piece of shit hoopty '83 Grand Prix that had just open headers because it had no fucking exhaust on it, and I got pulled over everywhere. Bad neighborhoods. What are you doing in this neighborhood? Good neighborhoods. What are you doing in this neighborhood? Let me see your paperwork. Blah blah blah. Let me run your license let me run the license of everybody in your fucking car and never was told why i was pulled over half the time let's go back to the beginning though he starts uh why why do people choose to be anti-police when they can be anti so many other things i wasn't aware that it was exclusive like we had to pick a cause and stick with it and we could only hate one type of person well like, that's because i have you i are have, able to multitask in your brain people that you despise i have as much capability for hate in my heart that i do for love it is endless sometimes there's, more there's sometimes most times it's been yeah no but uh yeah it's not exclusive i can hate cops and i can actually hate certain cops and not hate all cops Mm-hmm. And I can hate all the other things that he listed. What pedophiles and uh, what were the other things he listed? Salads. Salads was that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, people to break in your house. Um, right. And so he does try and make a point of uh, in, in that in his way highlighting the the good things that he sees that police officers do, which mm-hmm. no doubt. Uh, I, yeah, the question is not really uh, are there. You know, good cops out there doing their jobs right. No doubt there are. And they probably still outweigh the cops that are doing their jobs incorrectly. But it doesn't mean that we don't have an issue with violence and race in this country. And that this is just all people not knowing how to handle a situation. First of all, okay, so you don't freak out when a cop approaches you. That's great. I don't either. But some people do. Some people also test really poorly because they get too nervous. Some people just get completely innocent and they get all jumpy when somebody comes at them with authority and a badge and a gun. And then they look all shifty. Shit's happening to innocent people. So I don't understand his argument. Because his argument's coming from... The everything's black, everything's white, right. all or nothing yeah, mentality. Yeah. Right. And cops that's the are cool to me, therefore all cops are cool. cannot think in abstracts. Or that's just all there real, is to it. Yeah, they can't really experience the world outside of their narrow view. So as, as quick as he is at the, at the end to call people basic bitches... <laughs> He's gay. coming off as very basic bitch. I mean, just that, like, he's just a bitch made motherfucker, in my opinion. Like, I, right. look, yeah, you don't fuck with the cops when they pull you over, blah, 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 this and that. But, oh, people are getting body slammed. That's not police brutality. That's resisting arrest. Really? Really? Resisting arrest? I Like, okay, I've, I've seen people get fucked up because they've asked a cop a question. And these weren't fucking hood motherfuckers out in the corner slinging dope. This was fucking teenagers that asked a cop a fucking question. So that's resisting arrest. They weren't even put into custody. Yeah. What was there to resist? Now that the cop laid his hands on the person, he's going to charge him with resisting arrest to justify his use of force. Oh, yeah. A re- resisting arrest and attacking an officer. And, and these are claims that are being made on women and teenagers. Not, not six foot five imposing men who, you know... Might be able to just slap the gun out of your hand and beat you down. 
this is like, you know, we saw the footage of the officer wrestling the girl in a bikini. This is like a 16, 17-year-old girl wrestling her to the ground, putting his knee yeah, in her fucking back. rolling into a fucking you, teenager's pool right. party. Because that's what that situation warranted. Yeah, looking like something fucking out of uh, like, a, like a comedy show, Reno 911, but it was real. Yeah. You know, and it's just... And what, what bothers me is that people are fucking sharing this shit like it's some profound wisdom he's fucking spreading uh, amongst the people. And I'm like, it's the most base bullshit you can fucking post. And I, I, like, one, I mean, I could pick it apart and nitpick it. First of all, you needed multiple cuts to get that across. You couldn't do that in one take. Right. Yeah. Sec- that, that second was- of all, why don't you fucking sit down and stop walking around trying to look edgy or some shit? But I mean, let's 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 not even go to towards that shit because that's what that's the type of attack that he's looking for and he wants. Let's just attack with the the ignorant shit he says and how he says it. Well, he doesn't even I'm, do a good job of using any good examples to support police, other than no, they make sure that my rims don't get stolen. He's he's the moron that sits at the bar that drinks that gets loud, and because he's louder than everybody else. And people don't want to argue with him. They just are tired of it. They just let him say what he says, and he thinks he's right all the time. And he'll get that one person who'll go, "Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you say. And that validates him. And so he's like, well, hey, aren't I wonderful? I mean, I'm just constantly amazed at how stupid people really fucking are. And I guess I shouldn't be at this point. Flies in the face of our cynicism, right? The Trump king 2016 ticket oh, that this, was happening no but this, this guy, is a society that's eating up this donald trump shit with a spoon right now so i'm not surprised that this jackass is getting a million hits on youtube i see him being more of like trump's joe the plumber there you go you know the the, the every man the straight talking <laughs> ex-con who can't yeah. vote ah <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah and what i love is when he goes he he when he moves on to his next one and he's talking about you know oh his parole officer and this and that okay so it seems to be a big deal that you did time well guess what trump said trump said something about john mccain about i don't really have respect for pow's i have respect people who don't get caught so if you're throwing (laughs) in behind your if you're throwing your weight behind supporting trump he pretty much looks at you like a fucking fool because you were dumb enough to get caught is this guy supporting trump he seems like he would be i mean that's an assumption on my part but let's put it this way people i've seen sharing that shit the most yeah are people who are just walking around with a tip drip over fucking donald trump well it makes sense if they yeah if they're getting their chub on and this douchebag then they have to be fully erect for donald trump you want to tell it like it is ass white i mean they don't come bigger than trump he's telling like this what else he's pulling no punches he's giving you straight talk what else what else are we getting it's just it is the garbage that people go, I'm brutally honest. Okay, but the problem is you enjoy the brutality, and the honesty is just an afterthought, if it's even a thought at all. It is possible to be brutally honest and still wrong. <laughs> yeah, Those I know, are right? no, two totally different things. You can be but honest just, and still be wrong. It's not even the fact that these people think they're speaking truth. They just want to be, they just want to be inflammatory and piss people off. They offer no solutions. Their solution is shut the fuck up, deal with it. Okay, that's not a solution. All right. We didn't we didn't, you know, 
we didn't look at people in the right. 60s that were fighting for their fucking equal rights and go shut the fuck up and deal with it. Yeah. And the people that did were looked at as idiots. You don't look at someone who's getting raped and go shut the fuck up and deal with it. All right. It's it's you don't you don't look at someone who's being victimized and just go, oh, deal with it. That's how you do it. Oh, you know, well, I guess I guess you resisted arrest. So you deserve to get your ass beat. Really? So, I mean, using that line of logic, anybody who is a victim of anything pretty much must deserve it, right? Whether it's justified or not. This is the backwards thinking of people who get into power and they believe that because I am in this position of power, I am therefore infallible. I can't do anything wrong. I mean, this is the same thing that we experienced in the the last Bush administration. They they work their way backwards from, I know what's best and am always right therefore anybody who gets into any kind of situation with me is going to be on the wrong side exactly so if this guy is getting harassed by the cops this guy is getting pushed around hogtied chased down shot the cops must have had a reason where does where does your trust come from i don't that's what i don't get like because i'm a pretty giving person and i take a lot on face uh, face value what people tell me um but uh I still have to, uh, you still have to prove yourself, right? I don't know what I'm getting at here. Not really, but, not anymore. You can just go on YouTube with a, shit, with, with a shitty video from your cell phone, post it, and boom. You, you got three million, three and a half million views in two days. People are sharing it left and right. They're espousing that you, you have some down-home wisdom, when really all you're doing is just regurgitating shit you've fucking heard other people say, and not offering any new insight or your own opinion. Right. Everything he said is shit that i've heard from fucking hey, that's our bread and butter over life. here man i could i could walk <laughs> i could walk down grash it and probably find 10 guys that would give me a very similar opinion and probably state it as succinctly and with as much humor as that weirdo did and where he, we're he said, at you, you can did say any, he was a comedian right where we're at anyway on grash it north or south yeah. Yes. From what I read, aspiring comedian. Oh, aspiring, aspiring comedian. Well, well I'm an aspiring well, he had, astronaut. He hasn't but that shit ain't going to happen. Right. He hasn't gotten as funny yet. He's aspiring to that, waiting for that day when he'll be funny. <laughs> I'm an aspiring lawyer. Doesn't mean I am one. That's right. I'm an aspiring comic book writer. I haven't written any. But <laughs> sounds, aspiring. It sounds really fucking amazing. My cock <laughs> aspires to be black. <laughs> you can just slam in the door a few times. I'll take care of that. Yeah, the swelling I mean, should get it to about the right size. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I just, shit like this is, is what I'm like. I, I said something. I can hear Chris your kinda, ass itching from here. Chris kind of co-signed on what I said a couple episodes ago where I was like, I've just unplugged. And this is the type of shit that I, when I say I unplug, I unplug from. I'm just like, I don't, I, I know better than to click on it. I know better than to discuss it with anybody. I mean, because there's no discussion. It is, these are. The type of people who are attracted to this type of shit are the type of people, in my experience, that when you get into uh, a discussion, it, it skips the heated part, it skips the debate part, it skips the trying to, to use facts, trying to use emotion. It just goes straight to whoever can yell the loudest wins. I don't know what we're yelling about! Exactly. How about so I, I just I, I have to unplug from it and go, I just don't care. I don't give a shit. I mean, I, it's sad, get, but I mean, that's, that's what I've got. <laughs> well, let, Dude, let, I'm on his page. I refuse to read any of the comments because I know it's going to be a bunch of horse shit. There's no point in reading comments on anything. You don't even know these people. <laughs> exactly. Why are you reading their comments? You know none of these people. It's exactly. best stay away from it. Uh, so let, let's pull back from the serious uh, topics for a little bit. Oh, wait a minute. I wanna, 
this this was he we're taking him serious i thought mm-hmm. this was oh the joke. right no you're right <laughs> good point thank you for listening liking and sharing unregimented on facebook and following unregimented on twitter at unregimented pod if you like unregimented please tell a friend to visit christophermedia.net you can subscribe to unregimented on itunes for free just by clicking through the itunes banner at christophermedia.net you can also show your support for unregimented when you buy something on itunes just by clicking through the itunes banner at christophermedia.net it won't cost you anything extra and it shows your support for unregimented while you're on itunes please remember to write a review and rate unregimented five stars just click on the itunes banner at christophermedia.net android users can listen to unregimented for free at christophermedia.net by clicking on the stitcher radio player on our homepage. you can also listen to unregimented for free at tunein.com or by downloading their free TuneIn radio app don't forget you can always listen to unregimented for free across any platform just by going to christophermedia.net make sure to check out all of the podcasts on christophermedia.net mondays and fridays you have unregimented Reach us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Tuesdays and Fridays, you have the Weedsman Podcast. Find those guys at the Weedsman 420 on Twitter. Wednesday, you have the Projection Booth, projection-booth.com, or at Pro Boothcast on Twitter. Saturday, you have the Captain's Table at Captain's Podcast on Twitter. You can also check out one of our new shows, well, new to us. It's the Ugly Club Podcast. It's another movie podcast, but these guys go with more of a theme each week rather than just one movie. You can check them out at Ugly Club Podcast on Twitter or UglyClubPodcast.com. If you like Unregimented and want to show your support for Unregimented, you can donate to Christopher Media by clicking through the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click through the Amazon banner at ChristopherMedia.net and bookmark the link. It won't cost you anything extra, and when you buy something, you will show your support for Unregimented. If you're looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net that's who we use to host Unregimented. When you sign up for HostGator by clicking through the banner at ChristopherMedia.net, you are helping to support Unregimented. So Marty Friedman was interviewed recently in Ultimate Guitar. He uh-huh. is familiar with Marty Friedman's yes, work. Yes, to say? Former guitar player for Megadeth and now a smooth jazz guitar player. <laughs> uh, well, in his interview, he said that he would rather chew glass than listen to Jimi Hendrix. And... Yeah, I can see it. Yep. While he does respect, he's off the love list. He does respect Hendrix. He just doesn't get the burning of the midnight lamp or indeed any of Jimmy's masterpieces. Rather chew glass and listen to Hendrix. I never got Hendrix. When I think of Hendrix, an image comes in my mind about a lot of hippies rolling around in mud, tripping on acid, and that just doesn't turn (coughs) me on at all. Dude, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude, see, this this is the type of shit that when I first started playing, I dealt with all these fucking shredder guys. And I used to hear this shit all the time. Yeah. Well, Hendrix was out of tune. Hendrix had fucking a bunch of uncontrolled yeah, that's, feedback. That's yeah, what because he... it was primitive equipment back then. Yeah. Give him a Floyd Rose, a rack tuner, and a fucking noise gate, and we'll see if he fucking sounds a little bit cleaner there, asshole. Right. And uh, <laughs> that was his, actually his, the next part of his quote was, and all that noise and feedback, I, I'm like, play in tune. <laughs> Get the uh-huh. fuck out yeah. of it. I'm stopping playing your music right now. <laughs> you used you know, to be part of my favorite incarnation of Megadeth. This, right, because get the is, fuck out this, of here. Because that's the highest quality that a musician should always strive for is being in tune. Well, here's the thing, okay? Besides the the you know that aspect of it, I heard I was sitting in a guitar shop that I worked in when I was a kid, yeah. and one of the old timers was there, and he was dicking around. And one of the fucking Shredder guys walked in and started this nonsense. And he goes, okay, fair enough. Um, 
show me a Jimi Hendrix recording that's in a studio where he's out of tune. Right, where he's in a studio, not yeah. live. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, and show me, show me, show me other guitar players from that point in time using the equipment they had at their disposal at that time, who were constantly perfectly in tune. Right. You can look up Jeff Beck's Yardbird shit, and he'd get out of fucking tune. Well, it's like, it's just like auto tune. Uh, we're becoming kind of accustomed to like perfect tuning and everything has to sound perfect to the point where a lot of people now will listen to older recordings and they will sound out of tune they can pick out easier the parts where they're not perfectly in tune or the harmony is a little bit off but that doesn't really detract from it at all yeah but these are Uh, okay the average person can't even pick out auto-tune so um, right now we're talking about musicians it's not about people a, with, per, no, well, with damn perfect pitch. It's not about being able to identify auto tune. The reason I brought it up is because people get so used to hearing that perfect pitch, and nothing. If even if something wasn't tuned perfectly at the studio session, they'll run the fucking guitar track through auto tune. You know, they so everything is pitched absolutely perfectly, and all harmonies are stacked flawlessly. And it does actually take some of the, the life out of it. But uh, it's, it's not the fact that they're like actively thinking, like, oh, that's auto-tune. Most people, you're right, can, I can identify auto-tune pretty well because I just, anytime I hear somebody sing something absolutely perfect and not really hit any blue notes, I'm like, well, that was auto-tune then. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess like 90... What was the estimate in the the stuff you should know? Did a podcast on auto tune recently, and I think the statistic they had was ninety seven percent of the estimates. The number of artists who use it, but I mean, look at somebody like uh, uh, Elliot Smith, who is one of the most amazing singer songwriters that we've experienced in the last I don't know however many decades. And this is a guy who really didn't use tuners. He's like, he had a really good ear, and he's like, he just tuned everything by ear. And if it was off, well, you know, if it was off and it didn't sound right, he'd do it again. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't just do it again because it was off. Sometimes it was exactly what the song needed. Exactly. Just it, to, to piggyback on that, I remember sitting and talking with all these fucking big-haired, pointy guitar-loving motherfuckers, and they're like, Spandex heaven. This is, this is right after Blood Sugar Sex Magic come out. They're like, have you heard their fucking song, Could Have Lied? Yeah, I've heard it. That's solo, man. His guitar is out of tune. I'm like, okay. So what? I'm like, okay, hold listen on a to I'm like, it. I'm like, what is what is what is the subject of that song? What do you mean? What's the lyrical content of that song? What is he singing about? Uh, oh, oh no, it sounds like a ballad. <laughs> it wasn't okay, so you never listen to the lyrical content of that song. You don't get that it's maybe he's trying to get across since it's a song about fucking up a relationship he's trying to get across the fact with that guitar solo a tortured sound maybe Mm -hmm. yeah we're losing the concept of dissonance in music to create tension yeah because this right here the acoustic guitar track the rhythm track is so out of tune I mean, right, but, but, but they you, don't. They, they 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 go. I'm like, okay, so this man knows how to tune his guitar. You don't think that was on purpose? He just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna pick it up and play it like this" because I like the way it sounds. Or this was in the moment, 
you know they were experimenting a lot in the in this in the house the converted house that they recorded this in and you know this very much sounds like it started out with the two of them sitting down and just you know hashing out a song mm-hmm. and then probably a lot of that original recording was taken from what was probably intended to be demo sessions it's just <sighs> I I remember from a, from a very guitar for practice musician that is no longer around anymore. I remember uh, they used to have I think it was called Sixty Minutes, and it was they'd sit a guitar player down, they play a bunch of different artists, and give them you know equal to sixty minutes, and they take their you know ideas and thoughts on it. Yeah, and I remember Marty Friedman just he shat all over everything that wasn't metal or smooth jazz. And when I say smooth <laughs> jazz, I mean like Grover Washington was a little too edgy for him. Wow. And I mean like, like he just shit all over contemporary guitar players, old guitar players. Did not matter. He just he's he's one of those guys. He likes what he likes, obviously. And as far as he's concerned, that's the only type of music that there is. And so when you said what you, I knew it was coming. When minute you said Hendrix and him in the same breath, I was like, okay, I know uh, what's coming. You're familiar with his douchebaggery already. Yeah. I, uh, what the song? Oh, well, what the fuck song? I'm not did familiar they with a lot of his work, to? but just I mean, from the association with Megadeth, this is very much a, like you play the right note at the right time in the right tune every time. Like, yeah, you're mechanical there, there's, with it. There's, there's, there's no room for improvisation in Megadeth right. for the most part. And you know when done in in, in the right aspects that certainly can be something that I can appreciate but it it's rare that that can be used to invoke any sort of emotion any true emotion well that was that's the problem a lot of guys had with the late 90s early 2000s metal quote unquote mm-hmm. Because, oh, it's sloppy and it's not this and it's not that and it's like right. do you really want your music to be just piston-like machine quality constantly. You hate electronic music, yet you want all metal. Or Dude, these guys are like missionary the entire time. You know, and don't get me wrong. It's, plan out my music, plan out my sex. It's standard practice, even for, you know, aspiring metal musicians. When they go in and, and record their albums, I, while well, I was talking to a guy that I used to work with at Guitar Center, he worked with this metal band. This guy is a really good drummer, really solid. I played with him in, in, uh, in uh, one of my old bands. And he, they went in for their first day of the studio, and the guy was like, all right, we're going to capture all your drums. He's got drums already set up. He's like, we're, doing, we're tracking drums first? Okay. And he's like, no, just give me you know a couple good hits. And he just fucking sampled all his shit and then wrote all these drum patterns out in MIDI. And that was what they used for the recording. Because they need it to be as precise as possible and with zero dynamics. Exactly. Exactly. I remember having this conversation and the band that pretty much, for lack of a better term... Okay, I left the space there on purpose because I was getting a whole lot of white noise for a second. Oh, that's just Marty Friedman. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I the band that 
I put together that I was like, okay, this is this. I wrote most of the shit for. When we went in, I was like, I want to record live, except for overdubs for maybe a solo or something like that. For the most part, I want the whole band playing at the same time, and I want a clean, you know, as clean of a take as we can get. Well, we could could set up a click track, and we could play the drum, we could play to that. And I'm like, no, I want the live band feel. I don't want fucking piece together in a studio field. Do you understand what I'm saying? And every band I've been in besides that one, they're, well, let's piece it all together. Let's do this. Let's do that. I mean, sometimes there's only two members of a five-piece band in there when you're Mm -hmm. finishing a song. And I'm like... Right, that's what I... I liked working with Telecollision is we tracked everything live except for the lead vocals. Those yeah. went in and overdubbed the, the lead vocals and the backing vocals. Um, and when uh, when Chris and I were in You People together, it we uh, went to go in the studio with the local guy and he was immediately like, you know, going to you know set up a click track and get the drums and the bass down. I'm like... No, we need to all, we need to do this together. Like this more than any other project, I felt like I needed a live band feel for this one. Yeah. And that was immediately I was like, no, we want to we want to track as much as possible. And like we still overdubbed the lead guitar and stuff, but uh we at least did rhythm section live. I remember clearly But you know he you know he fought us on it because he didn't want to do the work. It's so much easier to record it to a click track and then if you got to edit something and you got all these nice little divisions in there and you can just break it all up. I remember clear as day walking in and he goes, okay, so what? who who here has an idea for how you want this record to sound? And I'm like, do you mean like tone-wise? Help everybody. (laughs) Reverb on here, blah, blah, blah. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of people were just like, can I record my part? Is is that what you want? Okay, cool. Because they had no experience in the studio. And I'm like, look, I would think second album black crows that was pretty much cut live america was cut live as far as i know great fucking album i'm like Both. those two albums is what i'm looking for and it turned into really headbutting and people you know the more slicker musicians in the band wanting well i want to come in and do this and do this and i'm like it, it got to the point where the bill was just getting stacked up and more and more and i was like okay just for the sake of not living in the fucking street trying to get this album done <laughs> yes Don't fine you can do van. what the fuck you want you have this much time if it's not done at this much time you're fucking done unless you come up with some fucking money right. you want you want more than your allotted time you pay for it and it's like we could have recorded the album half the time mixed it had it mastered for what we paid for just a fucking unmastered rough mix you know right there and i'm just like i don't get it guys this is not what this band is. We were a band that we were fucking road warriors. We played live all the time. Any gig you gave us, we played it. That's what, That's what we were known for. In the we metal band, some I was slick in. band. The, the metal band I was in. Both of our recordings. You hear our recordings, and then you see us live. It's two different fucking bands. Oh and right, yeah. That was the other point that I was going to make about all the sampled drums. You go out and see these bands live, and the drummers cannot do it. There are certainly exceptions and there's some phenomenal fucking drummers out there but they are kind of far and few between that can do that type of super fast metal drumming that's that's really popular the one thing i regret is we never found a guy that could like take what we did live and put it on cd or put it in recording right and that is such a common complaint for musicians how many musicians you hear our first album it doesn't really doesn't re- doesn't represent our lives. Doesn't sound so. like us. Yeah, anybody's first recording. Yeah, it doesn't re- unless it, they're like you know the the type of uh, 
Well, the type of band that records themselves or bedroom musicians or whatnot, but anybody that goes out there and bases a band off and builds a following off of a live experience, very rarely do they come away from their first recording going, yeah, that sounded like us. Well, yeah, that, that barely represented us. You know what we... We the Beatles. Needed, we would have needed a bigger studio to accomplish that. That was one of the, the things that I had in Telecollision is access to a large studio space where we could still isolate the drums somewhat, but have everybody in the same room in a relaxed environment and not like all crammed in. But anyway, I digress. Oh, yeah. No, that that is just my bitch about music. And if let's let let me local scene nerd out here for a second because yeah. maybe there's other people around wherever the world who are listening wherever their little corner of the world is that are experiencing this too and I hopefully they are because I'm not the only one it seems like a lot of reco- guys who do the recording and are faux producers or half-assed producers or whatever they, they're mostly drummers they come from the metal scene and they want everything tick-tock metronome tight and they don't yeah. understand oh they just want to put everything on a grid Yes, and it's not. This isn't. This is not that type of band. This is a band that look. Uh, uh, we're not classically musical, musically influenced to record this music. We come from fucking Chuck Berry. We come from fucking Jimi Hendrix, etc., etc. This, 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 this. We come from more of the classic rock thing, and all those albums, the Bluesbreaker album, the Beano album, that was recorded fucking live with a goddamn Marshall combo that was dying. You know, and, and they just don't get it. They're like, can't you just hear? I have this computer software I can bring up and I can dial in any type of amp you want. And I'm like, are you... Dude, I got a fucking 65 twin sitting here and you just said that to me? And then they give you shit too. What, you're not a good musician? You can't play to a click track? You don't play to click track on fucking stage? No, I I use a lot of tools like uh, amp simulators certainly get used on a lot of my stuff. Not always on guitar either, but... You know, when I'm when I'm making music on my own on the computer, I, I don't try and necessarily emulate a live band feel. That's a totally different thing. Like usually I am working to a grid, but that's it's a totally different type of music. But yeah, anytime I'm working if I have a real drummer, god damn it, you gotta capture that experience of being in the room with them. Well that's also a diff- the difference between if you're making music and it's you or and maybe one or two other musicians and you know you're doing it a lot digitally as far as you know okay i don't i'm just gonna record my guitar track here i'm not even gonna drag a fucking half stack in here baffle it off and and try to get different you know Mm -hmm. miking angles and stuff to go for different tones that's fine but when you have a live band whose thing is we walk in we set up he guitar player sets up one amp the other guitar player sets up his amp the bass player sets up his shit drummer sets up his shit and they fucking go there's no fucking samples, there's no triggers, there's no nothing. You don't go in the studio and start fucking around with that shit unless you want it to sound completely different. And usually bands get lost in that shit because the first time they go to record, they hear a producer or the guy, a recording engineer go, well, we're going to do it this way. I'm sorry, how many albums have you recorded? I've recorded blah, 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 blah. And they hear that and they go, okay. Then he goes, and mom, the meatloaf. What'd you say, I'm the meatloaf? Then he goes, then he goes mom, the meatloaf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> joke on most of those guys, usually in the house, their parents' basement. Well, but, yeah, and it's just trying to... It's, that's another thing. That's where I 
Well, you know, I would rather walk in and go, "Here's my fucking money. Shut up and do what I fucking tell you." In a very more polite way than I just put Isn't it. Isn't how it's supposed to operate anyway? Then uh, a guy who's just going to sit there and go, "No, you're doing it all wrong. Let me tell you how it's going to be done." Yo, if you want to do it your way, get your band in here. Well, and if your band's such hot shit, why are you recording us? Speaking of the difference between a band in studio and a band live, um, well, for example, anytime I listen to Adam Carolla's podcast and he starts talking about he went to see somebody play out live, my eyes roll right out of my fucking head because it's always, oh, they were perfect. They sounded just like the album. It was just like the album. Why would you want that? I've seen bands that sounded just like the album. They were the most boring fucking shows that I've ever been to. And see, this is, I I agree with you. And this is where I was having a discussion online with a friend of mine. He's like, Mm -hmm. I love the Black Crows. And he named his favorite albums. And it just so happened to be my two favorite albums of theirs. And then his buddy come in and he was like, they were all right when they weren't having 12 minute jam sessions. No one wants to hear that shit. Dude, they were so so good live. They were so so good. It's not your genre of music. It's not what you like. Why are you in here having this? trying to have right none of your beeswax is over here go over there then right right but the the jam band type of thing that's built into that fan base of they you know they collect all these live performances just to have all these different versions of them Uh, that's that is the minority where most people have this concept it's like the idea that there's only one definitive version of a song a good song i will listen to different takes on it if they're out there you know uh well, you know, going probably back more to like 60s and 50s stuff where you had, you know, writers and they would write a song and different people would cover it. It's not like I only think there's one version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. There's been a number of artists that have recorded that song and done amazing versions of it. And just in the same concept, you know, even the same artist playing the same song, they're playing it at a different time, a different time in their careers, in a different environment. There's always different people there. There's so many variable factors in there. You should be getting a different version of the song it shouldn't sound it be structured exactly like the album and everything all the guitarists sound exactly like they did on the album why would you do that you haven't you have this perfect chance to experiment there's there's a gentleman who went on the local radio station And, and and I was I was on his, his when he was doing college radio the band I was in at the time was on his shit and on his on his uh state or excuse me his show and talking to him he was like I just I like anything that's very well produced mm-hmm. okay well automatically I was like all right our musical piss puddles overlap to this point but after that he's just not going to be into certain things I'm into like if right. I played him you know live at Folsom he'd go oh god that recording sounds horrible if I played him right. Robert he would Johnson's say the studio thing, version that recording sounds horrible because he's not into it he wants pristine the okay, light well, if you want that then you're not going to go back and look at the, and listen to a lot of the shit I listen to you definitely aren't going to listen to Lead Belly you definitely aren't going to listen to right, a lot of the right. old blues recordings I listen to there's just no way he couldn't handle it sonically he's like it's just it irritates his ear that's what he would say well I feel sorry for those people well I mean you know, I, I get it, it. what you else know, could... you like what you like but at yeah. the same time I'm not shitting on a whole fucking genre just because I don't care for it well I, I, the no. same way I feel sorry for people who like only watch horror movies and you're just like that's your thing dude and I can understand like being really I love comic books I read a lot of comic books I'm really into the, the whole universes that they create and and I read a lot about them I 
don't exclusively read comic books. There's exactly. many other forms of entertainment out there that uh, I can experience. You know, I don't. I still read books. I still read novels and nonfiction and everything else. I don't exclude it just because I love comic books so much. These people that just have this narrow view of like, oh, I'm really into you know romantic comedies and don't ever search for anything that maybe it kind of expands their their idea of what a movie can be or a book can be or whatever or a song can be. They're not very well, adventurous. It- people there's there's okay like i i literally just had this conversation with my stepmother like uh-huh. three hours ago we we're talking about films and stuff and she's like you know i have because the industry she works in there's a lot of younger people than her and she's like i try to talk to them about literature or whatever because you know she's that's her thing it's in the porn and industry they just kind of look at her like the fuck you know what i'm saying like they don't understand and she, they okay so one i guess one of them tried to find common ground with her they start talking about movies and she mentioned a movie and they go oh is that in black and white i don't watch black and white movies <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, Odessa, you have no idea. Darren Aronofsky's first film was Pie. And I think it's a fucking great movie. And I've tried to sit my yeah. friends down. I'm like, if you watch this movie, you will like it. And the minute it comes on, it's in black and white. They're like, does it ever turn into color? No, it's not The Wizard of Oz, you stupid <laughs> fuck. It doesn't turn into color. If you don't... Well, I, could, I, don't, I can't watch black what and white, man. It's not a movie from the 50s or 40s. It's a movie from fucking... What? At this point, four years ago. It's just, it's his first movie. Have you watched Clerks? I couldn't watch Clerks. It's in black and white. Well, even, even, there's still plenty of good movies that were filmed at the time when black and white was the only option. Exactly. But the big eye opener for me was when I was going to see, I I lived like, you know, a stone's throw from the DIA, uh, the and their their film theater over there, the Detroit Institute of Arts, if you're not from around here. And they they would do every weekend, they would uh, show independent films. It could be an older film or it could be a new, like, uh, indie film. Anyway, so I was just going to see whatever they had there, and they played North by Northwest. And I was like, all right, you know, I've never really gotten into Hitchcock. Let's see what this is all about. It was fucking gripping. I was on the edge of my seat the whole fucking time. And... You know, it, certainly being in black and white didn't take away from that movie in any respect. It's, but but it, even it's, stylistically as a choice now, like, uh, last, the last movie I can think of that was in black and white that I seriously enjoyed was The Man Who Wasn't There. The uh, Coen Brothers film with, um, what's his name, Sling Blade guy. Billy Bob Thornton? Yes, him. I just, They're to me, okay, to if, if you're not into a certain thing, if you, or excuse me, if you like, like I was talking about the, the gentleman who's now on a local radio station, he likes his music very slickly produced, produced, I mean, to just like mm-hmm. within an inch of its life, okay, fine. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of irritating, but it's like, eh, no big deal, whatever. It's just, we disagree. Now, the people that really irritate me are people who define themselves not by what they like, but what they hate. I don't like this type of music. Like, what, what type of music do you listen to? I don't like this type of music. I didn't ask you what you didn't like. I said, what do you listen to? Anything <laughs> you know, not I mean, nice. what the fuck? How did you get that out of that? You know, if people go, people ask me, you know, what do you listen to? And I give the, the, the I think, a very stereotypical musician's answer. A lot of everything. Right. And they go, well, you do you listen women. to country? What type of country are we talking about? Well, there's only one type of country. No, oh, there's, there's a lot not. of garbage out there, and yeah. I don't listen to it. I don't listen to pretty much any of the top 40 country, for the most part. I mean, right. are we talking, like, old country? Are we talking classic country? Are we talking, alter- you know, alternative country? Alternative country, what's that? I'm like, really? You've never heard of Wilco? Never. These aren't fucking bands that are, like, 
in the ether that you can't hear of, you know. You've never heard of Ryan Adams? Yeah, Ryan Adams? Ryan oh, Adams. Adams. <laughs> hey, did the Three Musketeers song was Sting? I Love New York. They came out like three days before 9-11, the biggest fucking marketing thing that ever happened to him by accident completely. So yeah, you've never heard that song? Like, and they just, no, no I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't understand how people can have immediate answers for, well, anything. What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite, who's your favorite singer like yeah, people I, ask can, me, like, uh, I can't answer uh, like, those yeah, questions I have, I, like i have no idea right i have to think about that what, is, what does that mean the one i listen to more than anyone i don't know i guess i, I tell you my favorite right re- now <laughs> right there, there you go there there you go now it's it's really easy people are like who okay who are your biggest influences when it comes to playing an instrument that's easy for me because mm-hmm. i have my holy tri- my holy trinity right there right. you know boom the three that that influenced me the most but Nick Drake influenced me a lot. I sound nothing like Nick Drake, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Homme influenced me a lot. I guess I kind of sound like him a little bit if you give me the right gear and I'm tuned down far enough. It sounds like something Caius might write if they were really too stoned. But, you know, shit like that. Yes. It's just... I love that band. Yeah, I know, right? I was just listening to it, again, listening to him again earlier today and I was like, oh, there's nothing like this out there anymore. It's just bullshit. Yeah. But um, that that Caius could uh, they're kind of like uh, quicksand the way mm-hmm. that, that they could have only existed in the 90s. They exactly, couldn't have made yeah. that music in any other decade. Oh, yeah. I, I played it for a, a buddy of mine um, who drums for my buddy May's band. And he was like, yeah, this is from the 90s, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Goddamn right it is. What the fuck you mean? This is funny. He's like, it's just very 90s ish. He's like, I like it. But it's very 90s-ish. And I'm like, okay, all right. What does that even mean? Apparently, uh, listen to Quicksand, and they're very 90s-ish. Is this, uh... Didn't didn't Caius get back together? Yeah, this is off of, uh... This is the new shit. Well, no, 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 hold on a second. This is off their last album. This is the original lineup's last album. Everybody but Josh got back together. And then he sued him because they were using the name Caius. Oh. So Jesus. they became like, uh, Josh uh, Little. You got your fucking money. You got your career. The fuck what? are you worried about? They're using the old name. Oh, what God did they change? Their, Vistachino. That's what they had to change their name to. And <laughs> so now they're Vistachino. They, they got, that sounds like a new drink at Starbucks. Try the Vistachino. <laughs> well, what's the worst car and worst pair of pants that we could think of? Oh, yeah, <laughs> name right. our band after those. <laughs> the Vistachinos. But yeah, I did think it was funny. I'm like, why is Josh suing them? Dude, you got Queens of Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal, the, right. the Desert Sessions. Them damn vultures. Yeah, you can call up John Paul Jones. Dave Grohl is your sit-in drummer. You're doing all right. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck are you worried about what fucking John Garcia is doing? You know, like, so that you know what that is. That's some inner band bullshit that we're just not privy to. That's all that is. But yeah, I... Yeah, this is what I. This is the Caius I remember. I know this. Song. Well, no, that that last track was off of, uh, and the circus leaves town, which oh, okay. was their last album. Yeah, the one that like, it's kind of half Caius, half Qu- Stone, Queens of the Stone Age. When Josh yeah. was really checking out of the band, you maybe could tell. I didn't, maybe I didn't uh, really listen to that album as much. Blues for a Red Sun was the one that I listened to more than anything. That was my first Caius album, yeah. and then uh, Welcome to Sky Valley, which was like. I, I, I clearly remember taking certain illicit, illicit substances, putting that on with headphones, and being like, oh, 
Is it Welcome to Sky awesome. Valley like their their magnum opus? Isn't that supposed to be their their pinnacle? Uh, like the to definitive a lot of people, I think I like Blues for the Red Sun more though. As a whole album, I like Blues for Red Sun more, but I think that, yeah, but I think a lot of that's nostalgia too. Well, yeah. uh, Welcome to Sky Valley has some really great songs on there, but I think there's a lot of it that's kind of like uh, it's subpar compared to as a whole compared to Blues for Red Sun because that was them just being hungry, dude. You ever heard yeah. their first first album called Wretch? Yep. Oh man, it don't sound anything like them. No. Like that producer fucked them. Speaking of producers fucking you on your first album, right? <laughs> right yeah, that goes back to what I was talking about. Nobody comes out of their first album, or probably next to nobody. I mean, it's pop stars do these days. They're no rock band. Ooh, look at that guy who's rocking the fucking Rickenbacker band yeah. bass. Oh yeah, the Cliff Burton. Like, like Cliff Burton yeah. Rocking the same model He was rocking That was uh, This is when they had Brant Bjork on fucking Drums man That dude's got some Pretty cool solo shit Yeah Yeah this is Brent This Bjork. is <laughs> This is name. podcasting For stoners I right? know man <laughs> Alright I was just thinking We're not reaching A very vast audience This kind no, of This, talk. Is, this <laughs> is the stoner Fucking jam metal fucking Hot Caius talk <laughs> Hey man, if, if if some of my fucking douchebag friends who claim to listen but don't were actually would listen to this episode, they'd be like, "Dude, that was great. You talked about Caius. More people need to know about him." <laughs> I found a Caius T-shirt, and it didn't fit me. And it pissed me off. It was from it was at Rock of Ages, and it said it was like a fucking large dude. So if I'd have put it on, and it looked like it was hitting G forces or something, it was ridiculous. But it said uh, Caius on the front. Said no. It said Caius Moving Incorporated. And on the back, it said we specialize in very, very long trips. Nice. And I was like, I need this shirt. (laughs) It doesn't fit. And this is when I could fit you an extra large comfortably. I was like, it doesn't fit. Someone who's skinny wear this shirt, please. (laughs) I'll start a heroin habit. I'll get cancer. I'll chain smoke, please. I need. I need this shirt, dude. That's where we have to wrap it up right there. (laughs) <laughs> like for real can't top that quote can't do it not this week we have to bring in jay next week to probably try that it would yeah jay needs to get his ass back here and stay awake for a full episode oh, come on now <laughs> uh, i'll be back on the road next week i'll be on the road the next two wednesdays one for business one for pleasure oh you're taking a vacation i'm not my buddy's getting married in uh the thursday before labor day oh, yeah. mm. so Heading out there the Wednesday during the day. We record the podcast at the nighttime. He's going to be at 11 o'clock on Thursday morning of Labor Day weekend. It's early wedding. This is a way to, way to keep the... the uh no way to keep the attendance level down. It's out of town. It's early. It's Thursday, the day before a holiday. You don't really want anyone to be there, do you? <laughs> I know, right? Like, we want like 10 people here. He's going to save a ton on that open bar. Oh, open bar for all 10 of us. Oh, dude, but there's a bunch of us going, so it's going to be a fucking shit show on the west side of the state. But uh, on that note, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for following on Twitter. Thanks for commenting, like, and sharing all that crap on Facebook. Make sure you write write a review. Huh? For Unregiment. Let's get a review. There you go. Yeah. If you like it, rate us, rate us four stars or can you get five stars? Maybe five. There's five stars now on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And if, and if you don't like it, fucking just say that too because I... Fucking, I really want to no. hear someone talk some shit. No, no, no. By the way, by the way... If you don't it, like it, post it on Twitter. If you do like it, go to <laughs> yeah, iTunes. Post it on Twitter. <laughs> rate us four or five stars. Talk Whatever. shit on 4chan. However many Aaron they and have. Rich will come find you. If you have the option for six stars, go for it. 
Yeah, can v- you make v- seven? V is not your personal army. Just remember that. Yeah, we need to hack iTunes and increase the star rating. <laughs> By the way, uh, the shout-out that we were supposed to give last episode that we said we'd give mm. this one, that goes out to Don Scarberry. Oh, there you go. What up, Don? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Appreciate it, definitely. There you go. That's like the first personal feedback I've seen in a year and a half, man. That's all like, I usually just year. see the numbers, and I'm like, I wonder who Brave that is. Listener. What kind of sick bastards listen to us? Going public with <laughs> listening it's habits. It took a year. It took a year and a month, Rich. It's it? It'll be a year and a half in December. Somebody whose parents aren't on Facebook. That's, yeah, I know, that's, right? that's who commented. <laughs> see, that's why I can be so open on the podcast, because my stepmother won't listen to it for the language. Not for any re- religious reason. She just doesn't want to hear a bunch of fucking... Some of the other colorful things we come up with. Plus, plus and my, both my parents are computer. dead, so I don't really got to worry about it. I can just mm-hmm. talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. Well, I don't yeah, have to worry about her. offending fuck, anyone fuck, in my family. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Fuck you, you fuckity fucking fuck. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. Once again, a show for grandma. Bring her back around. <laughs> Shit. Before my grandmother had Alzheimer's and she was still drinking, she'd get out here and teach us a couple cuss words. Oh. <laughs> Grandma was gangster. OG, triple OG. Oh, shit. All right. All right, so we're going to wrap it up? You wrap that shit up. Better wrap that gavel up. (laughs) (laughs) Better wrap that up, yo. Yeah. All right, until, what is this, Monday? Until Friday. Yep. See you Friday. Later. Red Rocks, yay, yay. (laughs) If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net